This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our preview series, the show in which we look ahead to the next Arsenal fixture. In this case, it's a teeny weeny little game called Arsenal against Manchester City, uh, arguably the biggest game I can remember in modern Arsenal history. And yes, I do count the FA Cup finals and Europa League finals in that. This is absolutely massive for Arsenal in the context of a potential Premier League title winning season uh, and we're going to discuss that and all the rest of it as well with of course our members from the Discord server let's introduce you to them now first of all it's Dan how you doing Dan you good you well I'm good thank you how you doing yeah, good. Uh, we have to apologise, first of all, to our, our very keen live listeners who have been waiting patiently for us to sort out our technical glitches, but we've done it. We've managed to finish it. So, uh, yeah, but you're all good, mate. You're all well. I'm well, thank you. Mm, lovely stuff. Let's bring in our other two guests this evening as well, all the way over from Australia. It's Mike. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing very well, thanks, Tom. All's good here. Yeah, joining us very late in the evening. What time will the game be for you tomorrow? I imagine it'll be like 4am, is it, around uh, that time? Yes, it's around that time. Mm, are you gonna, what is the routine usually for these? Is it an all-nighter, an early alarm? How does it go? Yeah, usually if it's a 4am one, then it's a, it's, it's a grab, a, grab a couple of hours kip. Mm. And, yeah, uh, I tell you, it's commitment. It's commitment. I know a lot of our listeners uh, do uh, hark. Is it hark from? Uh, I swear that's the right word. Hail from. Sounds hail okay. from is the word. Hail from uh, Australia and, and Eastern Asia as well. So uh, plenty of people uh, commit to the same thing that you do, Mike. And it is, you know, I remember the, the kind of the argument that goes around saying those fans that go to games have a greater or more valid opinion than those that don't. I'm sorry, but you guys have no idea the commitment these guys put in uh, in regards to watching games. So uh, there we go. Uh, that's that's the biggest compliment you'll get from me today, Mike. Uh, let's bring in our <laughs> third and final guest as well. It's Kian, who has to travel probably about an hour for his to go to a game uh, compared to Mike. So how are you doing, Kian? You good, Joel? No better way to spend Valentine's Day, is it? 
Indeed, yeah. indeed. Who else would rather spend Valentine's Day anywhere else but uh, on the TGT preview show? <laughs> indeed. Um, but no, we've uh, Mike's obviously already had his. Uh, Kian was just telling us about his nice evening he's having. Dan, is there any plans for you or is it an evening with the kids tonight? No, not tonight. We're planning for another day. Yeah, I busy, busy. You, mate. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's just one of those. I don't know if everyone buys into <laughs> Valentine's Day. It's just kind of... It's one of those commercial things, isn't it? It's just an excuse to spend money. Uh, Speaking of spending money, Manchester City uh, is the team that we're playing, of course, uh, tomorrow. Dan, how how are you feeling about this massive, massive game? You know what? I'm good. I'm actually in a good space. I I know the last couple of weeks haven't been great in terms of our output, but um, that's been against teams with low blocks. City are going to come at us. It could prove to be the moment where we wake up. So hopefully uh, something comes of them pressing forward so we counter-press and then we get something from it early on because that's what we've been doing all season. Last, was it first 10, 15 minutes we've been hitting hitting a goal in and in the last few games it just hasn't been anything until maybe late second half. Yeah, I mean, you think about the two games that we've had recently it's mad to think like how different they are compared to this one. And it's weird also to think about them as maybe challenges that Arsenal have struggled to overcome. But Mike, this is a very different game for Arsenal because as Dan's pointed out there, City are going to come out. They are going to attack us. There are always going to be spaces that there perhaps wasn't in the last two fixtures. Is there an argument that maybe this presents a more assailable challenge in terms of the tactical side of the game than the previous two fixtures do? It does. Uh, there's, there's no doubt that our, um, that our opposition over the last few games have, have learned from originally from the Newcastle game that if you, if you stifle and put ten players behind the ball, then and you sit on Odegaard and you you double up on both the wingers, then that's going to make it more difficult for uh, for us to play our our natural game. And we, we've seen that from Everton. We saw that. Uh, we saw that again at the weekend to some degree from Brentford. So the fact that we will have space, the fact that those players uh, who um, those players who have who have excelled during the year with that little bit of space, I think will will, will help us heaps. And, and we've seen it already. We don't have to be scared of Manchester City in, in the FA Cup game. There was certainly a not a full strength team, and and yet and yet we still. Uh, arguably, um, were extraordinarily competitive, and um, with with the addition of the rest of the first eleven, I think I think we'll take them. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that yeah, it's the, the big discussions. Obviously, and we'll come to talk about the lineups as, as well shortly. Is around what changes we should make, if any, to the team, and you know the games against Brentford and Everton have obviously given us a lot to think about, and we've struggled in those games. But Kian, do you expect? a very different kind of Arsenal performance to what we've seen in the last couple of weeks or so? No, not in the fact that we're going to do anything different with our play style or formation mm. or players. I was hearing a lot of chatter about Enketia, people thinking, oh, he's not good against low blocks, which I kind of agree. He's not amazing at linking play when the teams are sitting back. Uh, Jesus was extraordinary there, and that's why we saw Martin and Shaka have that amazing form at the beginning of the season. And you can see both of them are dip, not just one. I don't think people are mentioning Xhaka as much. I think he's going under the radar, but he's not having bad performances. He's just like leveling out and not, not having amazing performances. And I think that's mainly because of Jesus. 
we didn't notice that as much after the World Cup because we weren't playing teams with low blocks as often. We played United and Ketia played very well. He played really well, very well, but the low blocks were getting us. And I think it's that left-hand side. I think team were becoming predictable. You know that time when we had Saka attacking on one side under Emery and under uh, early days of Arteta? I think that's what's happening at the moment against the low blocks. We're just ignoring our left, left side a bit more. And Cousin Cech comes in as well. There's no uh, width going outside with Martinelli and he's just isolated all the time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that with Xhaka and with a lot of the team as well, actually, the idea of saying like they've had poor games is more so that they've just not been as good as they have this season. The poor, I think, takes things too far in regards to the actual performances of some of the players because we've been so used to them arguably overperforming our expectations of them that when they drop to maybe what their normal or just slightly below their normal levels, we perceive that as being, well, they had an awful game. But actually, in reality, they were kind of fine. They just weren't spectacular. And we need spectacular if we're going to win the league this season. You need that as much as you can throughout the season. Um, Dan, obviously, there's all these mind games going on between the managers. Guardiola and Arteta continuously have had this dynamic between them. Arteta is forever asked about, you know, going and trying to beat his former mentor. Guardiola's always asked about how he's the, the guy he let go from Man City is getting on and now challenging him. Him. What do you make of the dynamic and the narrative between the two managers? I, I like it. I like the fact that um, Diet Pep is always in the shadows of, of Pep himself. But <laughs> one day the the tutor has to become, also the student has to become the master, doesn't he? So we're just hoping it's sooner rather than later. But I like the fact that he's learned under someone so prevalent in in the game. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. He's got his own sort of style, even though it's very similar. I think Arteta's version of it is more coaching one-to-one as opposed to Pep's is the management overseeing everything. And it's nice to see what he's done in the three, is it three years now? He's just hit three years, isn't he? Three years of being our coach, then now manager, and what he's done with individual players and how he's improved them. You know, like we we probably would never have seen this level of performance if we had continued under Emery. It probably would have been up and down, up and down consistently, but he's just been consistently getting better and better and better. So for me, it's a case of, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's encounter. It's different to the FA Cup. This is going to be where the real the real money is going to be in terms of how they're going to be going out to win this game. And I mean, one of the big talking points in Arteta's press conference, Mike, was the the VAR, uh, which we hope will not play a big part in tomorrow's <laughs> game. We hope that the game can be played out without having to need the use of it. But he spoke very strongly. Uh, I'll read you the quote for those that haven't uh, heard it yet. He says, we ended the game after analysing all the evidence that we've had with the images with a huge amount of anger and disappointment because that wasn't a human error. That was a big 
not conceiving and understanding your job, and that's not acceptable. I'm sorry. Uh, that cost Arsenal two points, and that's not going to be restored. We're going to have to find those two points somewhere in the league. At the same time, we appreciate the apology and the explanations, and we got a lot of sympathy from colleagues in the industry and in football who say that we cannot play the game with the integrity like we do, and that's it. We have to move on, and that has certainly made the player staff and our fans stronger and given them more desire to pass this hurdle than they put on us, so we're ready for it. Do you think that this is some kind of motivation that wasn't initially there going into this fixture with the VAR disgrace that we had? Yeah, without a doubt. I think that um, Arteta's got a history of, of trying to find things that are just going to give just going to give the, the, the guys a little bit of a an extra tweak, the Tony, the Tony tweet, etc. And um, so historically, it's looked for anything possible that's just going to give them a little bit of an extra kick. Uh, and I'm sure behind closed doors, it was it was quite vigorous in terms of saying VAR, no VAR. We didn't perform at a level which merited us walking away with the three points. And so, obviously, we're all more than a little frustrated. Because as 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 champions elect, perhaps if I dare call us that, um, we are. Um, there, there's going to be games like that where we don't play at our best, but 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 champions tend to be able to scrape results out like that, and that was a a miss. But we need to put that aside and use it, use it for power, use it for motivation, use it to kick Man City to touch essentially. Mm, I yeah, think, I think that's really. I think that's really what he's doing. But it, yeah. it's a hard one to take. It is a hard one to take because, as Arteta put himself, you're not going to get those points back. You know, mm. they, they've gone. And whoever, no matter what would have happened for the rest of the game, we don't know if we would have gone on to win the game from that point. Sure. That is the big talking point. You know, they still could have scored. Um, so I, I was a little bit like. It, it's difficult to talk about it as a matter of fact, like we would have won, as as you know, so sternly mm. as Arteta did. I respect it because obviously he's got the faith in his players that they would have come through with the win still. But we we ultimately don't know whether that was the case. So it's it's difficult to say that we we are owed two more points in that same way because there was still a portion of the fixture to, to go on. But there's no doubt that the game could have played out very very differently to what it did. Um, and Kian, obviously, our history with Manchester City is, is not exactly great. I think we've lost the last six times we've faced them. And this time last year, or just slightly more than this time last year, when we played them in January, that was a game that really felt like Arsenal, in a way, despite losing, announcing themselves because we competed with City. We beat them in the first half comfortably and went into that break knowing that we were on our way to a really kind of statement three points here. And then the kind of Arsenal of old came out with the the, the, the penalty from Xhaka of all people and the red card for Gabriel, which was just kind of madness after he'd already got a yellow for descent from the penalty. Martinelli missing that own goal just minutes after the red card had been handed out. You know, what, how do you measure Arsenal's change from just a year ago to now and the difference do you see in the potential for these two fixtures? I think you kind of nailed it in the question is that we we did get ridiculed a lot, you know, when we said that first half though, and all the Arsenal fans were celebrating that, like we did show improvement, but we did, and that would have been pointless if we didn't push on from them. But we did as a team, we grew from it. You don't see Jacker making mistakes this season, we never see him in fights a lot, and when you do, we just see someone pull him away straight away. So the team itself has learned, the team itself has grown, and we've seen it again in that cup match we played them recently. I didn't fear City like we. 
they as good as they are and the names they have on the bench and on the pitch, they didn't play, they don't play as that that they don't have that authority in their play anymore. They don't have that fear factor when they're coming to your stadium anymore, for me at least for this season. So I'm not too worried and I feel like our players are more experienced and I feel like our players are hungry. I see that in any every game. It doesn't matter if we lose, you'd never see them throw their tools out. You seen a few years ago players would put their head down. Shaka was one of them. We had players that are gone now, but they were like, our team just put their head down and gave up. We don't give up this season. We keep fighting at the end. So I don't feel like City would come over. And even if they, if they win, I don't think it'll be like a convincing win that people are thinking it could be. And I feel like, and I don't even feel like they're going to win. I feel like we will get a result out of this game, especially at home because it's the Emirates. I'm loving the optimism. Uh, before we go to lineups, we'll take a couple of comments from the chat box. Uh, Dan, J- Jason says, are you all worried that there's a few players struggling for a loss of form at the same time, like Martinelli, uh, Ben White, Eddie, Partey, and maybe even Saliba? I think it's it's more highlighted the fact that we're not starting the games as quickly as we was because we was making little mistakes here and there in all the victories that we probably had in the in the past games. But now we're not scoring early on. It's like that pressure build up and then you've got like the fact that everyone's watching going, oh my God, you're making a mistake, we're going to lose. The the Arsenal fan base are panicking a bit too much, but there is a loss of form across a couple of players, but I do think it's linked with the fact that we're just not starting as fast. Yeah, I important as well. Like, you know, in stadiums, mm. you feel it in the game now, you know, because we're, we're at the business end of the season now. And mm. from, from people being optimistic to jokingly saying we're going to win the league to people now actually believing it, so that adds the pressure within, within the fan base and in the stadium now. So when we're not scoring in the first half, everyone starts to be a little jittery and they're like, oh, okay, are we going to actually win this game? Because we know how important each three points are. But at the same time, we know we're not in the same thing as we were as Liverpool and City in the past few years. We're not that team. So the buffer was there for a reason because we knew we are going to have blips. This is still a young team. Even though they're mature, they are still going to have blips. So I feel like the buffer we built up, it was for this exact reason we shouldn't panic. Uh, Mike, a question from Afsar says, if we lose tomorrow, then is the title race over? No. <laughs> um, we're, we're currently three points clear with the game in hand. Uh, that's top of the league, clear. Mm. Okay, it's not, we're, not, we're not languishing in eighth. Um, so we're top of the league. Uh, one game doesn't make, a, doesn't make a, 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 a sort of champion or, or not champion. We would obviously like the points to give us a little space again, but absolutely not. Absolutely not Man City and, and not the Man City of last season. We're not the Arsenal of last season either. And and, and that um, that's the reality and that's shown in the league. So absolutely not. The title race is, is on um, whether we win, lose or draw uh, tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, and a one-word answer from everybody from this. Uh, Kian, I'll start with you. Dan Roberts says, if I offered you a draw right now, would you take it? No. Dan? No. Mike? Just thinking about it. Come on, Mike. No. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take it's a draw though, the if you take a draw, you're three points clear with a game in hand, uh, mm. which is at home to Everton. So you'd argue that we should be winning that game. And all of a sudden, you're six points clear. Um, if you lose... I wouldn't game, be gutted. I wouldn't be gutted. But it's yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't be gutted if we draw. 
I would be like, oh, that might be a bit of a missed opportunity. But yeah. I, you know, losing this game is like I can't even comprehend how I'd feel if we don't Absolutely. if we don't if we uh, are unable to avoid defeat in this. Yeah, uh, but the chat box uh, uh, split in here. Uh, Steve says yes. Pinnyween says yes. Uh, Shameful One says no. Uh, Nav says no. Um, Nav says we're better than City. And so that's why he's saying no. Rand says hell no. Uh, Amberlay says no, we want the win. Uh, Afsa says yes, I would take a draw right now. Uh, Jabu says no, we beat them and take the point away from them. Um, we want the win, says MD. Uh, and a lot of people are trying to justify it as well. Steve says the draw is okay. The league will still be in our hands it's worth saying that if we do obviously once this game is done we have to play Chelsea at home we have to play City away and we have to play Liverpool away we've we've played Spurs twice twice we've played United twice um of course we have to go to Newcastle away as well it's worth yeah. pointing out as well who you have to say are up there with them but you would look at the rest of our fixtures and say it looks so. It looks quite good um, in terms of once we've got this game out of the way, and if you can get a win in it, it is massive for what Arsenal needs. Uh, and again, still we've got a good run of home games coming up after we play Villa and and Leicester away from home. In the next two games after this one, let's go to the lineups. Uh, Kian, we start with you. Uh, talk us through your eleven, and then explain your reasons why you picked them with your star man. No, I didn't really change it much. It's the default one we actually go with all season now, but. I, I was considering it. I was thinking about where people said that we could take Trossard in for Anketia. Uh I I hear people saying Martinelli's out of form, but I don't think he is. I feel like he's one of those players that can create something out of nothing. If you give him the ball on the wing, he might take on someone. Especially with the City, how they... I don't even know if they will play Walker. I, uh, if Pep was smart, he would. But I know he's playing those centre-backs on the, uh, on the full-backs. So I don't know if he's going to do that or not. But yeah... I would still keep Martinelli because he could still do something, but I feel like I kept Enketia in eventually. It was because I think this isn't going to be a low block, so I feel like Enketia can be dangerous with his pressing, his counter attack. So I kept him in there, and then my star player I did go with Odegaard because I feel like this game is just going to be like a ping pong match. It's just going to be back and forth. Both teams are going to want to attack. Uh, both have the same philosophy, and I feel like Odegaard is the one we need to get this game under control. We need control in this game. We need possession, like good passes in transition. I feel like Odegaard's the one that does that. And I feel like this is a really, really important game for him. I need him to show him that he's on the level of these De Bruyne and that type of players in this league. And I feel like this is the game to do it. And this is a perfect game for him. There is going to be space. City have Rodri as a sole CDM. Like we're not playing against like Everton with like uh, the Corey and stuff like that. And three solid CDMs in there stopping him. So I feel like He's going to have the space. He's just going to have to be confident and show what he can do. Absolutely. Uh, Dan, talk us through it. Well, I've gone for the change in Trossard on for Martinelli, but it was more tactical. Um, what Kian just said about Walker, if he starts, he's going to be trying to press high up the field. And I thought him and Martinelli in a constant race for the first half is just ridiculous. They'll just be running backwards and forwards. So I thought maybe tactfully, if he took put Trossard on a bit more inside, cutting in a bit more, helping link with Enkelia. When he brings Martinelli on in the second half, he's got a bit more legs. He could then take on Walker a bit more efficiently in later stage of the game. Hopefully that would then open up some space. So if we're going tactful and he maybe swaps Xhaka out, Trossard in, Martinelli out wide, it, I think it just helps us a bit. And with Trossard, I think wanting to win, wanting to, uh, to sort of perform and show what he can do, 
I think this is the game. Especially, yeah, I think he had a good game against them earlier in the season as well. Like he, he's built for these games. I want Martinelli to shine just like he has been, but I think he will do a job coming on up front. Yeah, no, fair enough. And lastly, uh, Mike, with wholesome—I say wholesale changes. It's just a couple, but they're interesting ones. Um, so uh, essentially, the 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 back line is is the standard back line. Uh, I I think Ben White stepped up at the weekend. Uh, we saw him. We saw him go uh, go outside Saka a few times, and and he was actually quite effective there. Just didn't get the end result. Uh, the Zinchenko teeny debate, I, I, I don't think fits for this game. Um, it might be something that, that if we a couple of goals up, we might do a switch later in the game. But the major change was really the Trossard for Eddie change. Um, so this was based on, I, I agree with, with comments the other guys have made. You know, I, I don't think Martinelli's been out of form per se. I think. We're losing the synergy that we had earlier in the season, obviously, because Jesus isn't there. So, and and we've got to be grateful for Eddie. I know I uh, I probably did a bit of Eddie bashing earlier in the year, um, like many people. Uh, you weren't alone. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but we've we've got to be massively grateful. He's come in, is is exceeded expectations. He's done very well. But there is there there is the lack of. It's difficult to describe the lack of fluidity in the top three, where and I see Trossard being able to being able to sort of swing on to the left while Martinelli goes into the middle. Uh, whereas Eddie's that fox in the box sits in a fairly sort of um sits in a fairly sort of tight rectangle in the middle there. I, I think that front three will be more fluid. I, I think they'll drive City mad, and I think uh uh, and I think Trossard next to Martinelli will benefit Martinelli in the same way that, that Jesus does. So that that was the thinking behind that. And then we've always got Eddie to to come on. If if that isn't working, we've always got Eddie to come on. So it's not as if um, it's not as if this is the this is the team for the ninety. And I think it's. I, I know you referenced it, Tom, on, on the show today. Maybe it is a has been a possibly a bit of a risk in terms of it's something new. But I'm not sure. Uh, I weighed that comment up when I was putting it to after I put it together and thought, well, look, it's a risk. It's a risk either way. Uh, and that's a, a risk I could see working and worth a try, yeah. perhaps. And uh, Odegaard, so, of course. Uh, Odegaard, I think, is he's, this is his game. He'll step up. He's got a little bit of space. Uh, uh, and when he's on fire, it lifts the whole team. And I think uh, this is his game. Mm. Uh, I, like Dan, uh, have gone for the switch on the left-hand side as well. Um, <laughs> I picked the picture of the Enketi and pointing to his own name um, because I'm just so determined to see him be uh, the star man, mainly because I just think that there's been such a misconception around his last two games <coughs> in an Arsenal shirt. He doesn't as Kian said earlier, it doesn't necessarily suit um, the low blocks. And I think we are restricted to the number of chances that we can create for him in those games. But it is just three league games ago when we played a more open side in Manchester United that he got two goals. And I think that that same opportunity will come 
in this game for Eddie as well. Now, I have made the change for Trossard. I agree with Dan about Martinelli coming on in the second half. Martinelli came on against Man City in the second half at the Etihad and was brilliant in the same way that Trossard was brilliant by starting that game. And I just feel with the extra firepower of Saliba and Erdegaard and Zinchenko and Ben White coming into the team as well, like we didn't have when we went to the Etihad because we made those changes. I think that dynamic could work. That said... If I was a betting man, I'd bet on Martinelli starting this game. I think Arteta will still start Martinelli and Nketia as the front two with Saka. Um, that is what I expect to happen. I don't think he's going to make any changes at all to the starting lineup to the team that played. I've just written a piece on FL about the training video that's gone out uh, on the Arsenal website. And if you haven't yet watched it, the clip that they show in the training video is a five versus five exercise of all the fringe players. So you've got Tomiyasu, Turner, Mario Koja, Dubri, Roots, Nelson... Trossard is in that video with those players. Um, my, none of the starting players other than Ramsdale feature in that clip of the 5v5. Read into it what you will. It might mean nothing. But it is interesting that it's a video of the 5v5 of all the subs and that Trossard are, is the one that is indeed involved in that. And Martinelli is nowhere to be seen in that video. I don't think they're letting as, as very little out as possible ahead of this game. They very rarely like to do that. There's not been any training photos yet uh, i'm just doing a quick uh, refresh on getty to see if indeed they've uploaded any in the last half an hour but they hadn't no they, there's still no update on the uh, the training pictures so i assume they are probably not going to upload them unless they're really just before the game drops this time around because they're trying to keep everything hush hush okay let's go to predictions then uh, and uh, we'll start with dan scoreline and scorers please fella i'm gonna go 2-1 us. Um, not an easy 2-1 either. I think it's going to be a very cagey second half. All the goals are going to fly in. Um, I'm going to go Trossard and I'm going to go Saliba. Nice. Nice. Mike? 2-1 uh, is my pick as well. Uh, I, it, it is. I can't see a, a romp, um, which is I would like to see one, but uh, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I think it's a tight game, but I think we'll we'll ledge it. And I'm going for Odegaard and Saka as our scorers. Mm, absolutely. Uh, Kian? Uh, I'm going to go with the late smashing grab from Eddie in the second half, but the first goal is going to be by Saka. I think that's going to be a bit similar to United, but yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. And if Ben White scores, I'll uphold that bet we made. I'll give 10 <laughs> Lovely stuff. Yeah, indeed. If uh, if he scores, the memberships will be out. Um, but no, it's uh, I've gone for 3-1, mainly because on the Arsenal Lounge, someone picked 2-1, so I couldn't go for the same scoreline, and I need to try and catch Mo. So I've gone with 3-1 as mine. I think 2-1 is probably a really fair prediction, to be honest. It's one of those where like it's probably safe to say they're going to get a goal at some point, but if we're going to win the game, we need to score more than them, so we're going to need the two. Um, but yeah, it, it could be a really interesting one. It could be like those classic games when we played against a Chelsea side that are like at the top of the league and we've somehow come out as 3-0 winners. You could see that kind of weirdly happening, but it also could be completely the opposite where City have come to the Emirates and just bossed us before. It is an impossible game to call. On the lounge last night, Mo was saying about how actually both teams could cancel each other out and it just ended as a boring 0-0, which is also a very fair assumption that could happen as well, which would be awful considering the build-up. Maybe not so awful considering the ramifications of it, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, Chatbox Dubo says 2-1 Arsenal, Eddie and Odegaard. Steve Stone says 2-2 for me, Saka and Odegaard. Temi says 2-1 
onto the Arsenal. Uh, Ambelise is reckon it might be another 3-2 win. Hope that you're right. Amiris is nervy 2-1. Eddie and Trossard, but I'd happily take a 3-1 with a bonus Tommy Rocket because that's what we all deserve. Uh, Gary Griffin's <laughs> going for a 2-2 draw, but I hope it's 2-1 to us. Uh, Jared says 3-1 win. Odegaard Partey Zinchenko. Uh, MR Reaction says it's the fans backing the team that will get us that 3-2. John says 3-2 as well. Partey with a smasher. Trossard and Erdegaard on the score sheet as well. Jabu's going for a 3-1 Arsenal win. We will score with a corner. Eddie, uh, Saka and Martinelli. I wonder which one of them gets the goal from the corner. Uh, maybe it's Martinelli from the corner. That would be pretty impressive. Uh, MD says 3-0, uh, two from Eddie and one from Saka. I wish I had your confidence, MD. I really do. Uh, Byron says 2-1 to the Arsenal. Ed says 2-0 to the Arsenal as well. Ian says 1-0. Uh, across the pond, Chris uh, Moss says 2-1 or 3-1. He can't decide. Uh, he's cheating a little bit. We'll, we'll accept it. And Dan says, <laughs> I'm going for a 3-2 win. Saka hat trick. We'll throw up some more predictions as we round things off. Uh, I went for 3-1. Scorers, of course, Ben White, Screamer. Absolutely. Sticking with that all the way through the rest of the season and beyond if it doesn't happen. Uh, I'll go with Eddie and Ketia to get the other two. Uh, just to really rub the salt in the wounds of the doubters. That's uh, that's what we want to see. Um, let's let's go to uh, round things up. Uh, Dan, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show, my friend. Much appreciate your time, as always. Tell people they can find you. Thanks for being patient. <laughs> and um, yeah, so in the Discord, uh, as always, um, supporting everyone. And then on Twitter, Alpha and Wolf. I'm, I'm getting more active on there, as I say, every single time. So it is picking up, but maybe in the next few weeks, you'll see me doing a doing an FK and posting 50,000 tweets in a month, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he does like to post that many tweets. Okay. Okay, You've got, you got to respect the hustle from FK. Uh, and subscribe yeah. to Latte Firm if you haven't done so already. Mike, thank you so much uh, as well for your time, especially considering it's very early in the morning for yourself. And uh, and obviously we thank the missus for, for hopefully not going too hard on you, <laughs> for jumping out yes. of bed at 2 I'll pay for that one later. I'll pay for Tell that Tell people where they can find you, mate. Uh, I'm in the Discord channel, and that, that's where that's where to find me, guys. And um, yeah, thanks, Tom, and uh, and the guys for for sharing the screen. Absolutely, uh, best of luck uh, with the alarm tomorrow morning, and I hope that it's nice uh, a welcoming start to the day. <laughs> I really <laughs> do. I really do. Um, and lastly, Kian, thank you so much for your time, my friend. As always, mm -hmm. great to see you jump on for another show. Tell people where they can find you. No worries, tell us lovely seeing everyone's beautiful faces on Valentine's Day. And no, you can't find me anywhere because I'm going into hiding if you lose. I'll be in depression, so. <laughs> <laughs> No, fair enough. I know a fair few people that might be doing the same. Um, so, yes, tomorrow is a, a massive, massive day uh, in the context of not just this season, but probably in the modern history of the club, but not to undersell it in any way. Um, but it, it does feel that massive. It's going to be incredibly stressful. Hopefully, it's incredibly rewarding. Uh, I'm not going. You'll be glad to know. So there's no uh, there's no uh, omen, bad omens going. But uh, hopefully, we can put to that to bed, uh, that to bed on, on Saturday, sorry, again. Villa. Thank you everybody for listening. Really appreciate your time. If you could drop a like on the video, I really would appreciate that. If you would like to come on the preview shows and join up as a member, you just need to join up as a expert member or TGT ambassador and you can join our Discord server and that's how you get involved with the shows. Uh, and you can see these three fantastic lads uh, in there as well. If you are indeed celebrating Valentine's tonight, have a fantastic evening. I hope you enjoy it, whatever you indeed are doing. Just don't tell me any details, please. I don't need that in my life. Um, but thank you so much for listening. I'll see you very very soon and as always up the arsenal
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.